Welcome everybody to episode two of Mastering the Mind podcast. Um, yeah, how you doing, all? Yeah, all good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, it's been snowing a bit here um, yeah. in Belgium. Tried snow last night here, but it was only uh, rubbish. No, didn't settle. Unfortunately. Yeah. Did you do anything special these past few days? <sighs> no, I watched United last night, which was terrible. I mean, we played yeah. well, but. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing. Uh, it was a big game, wasn't it? We needed to win it. To lose, like it feels like a loss, and we only drew. But yeah. oh, to to concede in the dire moments. Yeah. yeah, for for those of you who don't know, it may be quite quite obvious, but Oli and I are are United fans. So don't hate yeah. us, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't hate us, but um. But yeah, um, episode out uh, came out. Uh, we got a lot of uh, of good feedback uh, from it, and uh, and yeah, we're just excited to continue on 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 different sports like topics. So uh, yeah, I feel like yeah. Um, a good place to start. So in the previous episode, we talked about um, how we had to produce blogs uh, at Loughborough University, and it was a cool kind of assignment. And um, I feel like a good topic to start on is the one that I created because. It's the main reason why I got into psychology. Uh, the thing that interested me um, at first was the ability to cope under pressure during those um, the most important moments in your sport or even in your day-to-day life. Like, can you handle that pressure? So my topic was on coping with stress and anxiety in sport. Mm. As you're listening to the podcast, if you aren't actually participating in sport, um, you'll still be able to apply this to your day-to-day life also, though. So that's just worth men- mentioning. Yeah, so the main topic of your blog was coping with stress and anxiety in sport, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, have <laughs> where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start by defining stress and anxiety? or? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, stress is just the relationship between, like, the individual and the demand that they're... Um, experiencing in their sport so the demand could be a cup final a penalty um, and they're called stressors Um, in order to be able to cope with the stressor you need to have the ability to actually cope with it so do Mm. do you feel like you can cope with it Um, and anxiety is um, the related anxiety symptoms to do with that stressor so how does that stressor make you feel that's what anxiety is so that could be um cognitive which is your psychological responses so uh things like self-doubt worry yeah um whereas somatic which is more physiological so you start to sweat you feel muscular tension your heart rate starts Mm -hmm. pumping uh and then behaviorals um so like the behavioral um responses you have to stresses so often people um become quite uh, uh, they overcompensate and become loud, or some people come, become withdrawn. Um, yep. Some people also experience short tempers. Um, so it's definitely good to uh, identify what those stresses are and the associated anxiety symptoms you experience. Yeah, yeah, really good, really good, like definition there yeah. uh, of of those two of those two concepts. And you did mention stresses, so there are different stresses that exist in sport, aren't there? So there's yeah. like competitive stressors so that's kind of like self-doubt and yeah just 
how you perceive kind of like the opposition isn't it and, yeah uh, so it's like that, that that could stretch from anything from like your preparation for for the game like do you feel like you're well prepared maybe is your team well prepared for it um level of mm. opposition so like are you coming up against a really difficult team and you're thinking wow like do we have a chance like you feel pressure like am i are we going to get like beaten quite badly or you yeah. know what i mean um, yeah and yeah, another 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 stressor is organizational stresses. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like yeah, you can you can kind of expand on that. So, organizational stresses refer to like the demands uh, within your organization or within your team that you operate in. So, let's say for example, you're in a team and um, in your position. So, I, I'm just going to put talk from my perspective. So, I'm yeah. I'm a striker in football, and if I'm in a team where the other striker is also good that's competitive team selection and I may feel stressed um, because I feel like there's a lot mm. of competition around my position. Am I going to get in the starting 11? Yeah. Um, but also the manager and the coach can um, place um, stress on you also by their leadership styles and their relationship yeah. with players. Um, do you know what's funny? Um, so recently I had to do a presentation uh, for, for Coventry. So, you know, the, the little, Present, like monthly presentations yeah, yeah. we have um and one of my on one of my topics was organizational stresses in like football clubs professional football clubs yeah um and actually like organizational stresses aren't only directed to athletes like a lot of staff have uh have also a lot of organizational stresses um yeah, yeah. that of which is like job security is a massive one because in the world of professional football everything can change so quickly like yeah new manager comes in with his new staff like that's yeah those types of stresses are, are huge for the for staff members as well so like we have a tendency like research has a tendency to to focus on 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 the players and on the athletes but the people that help the players daily like they're they're also key they're also part of the team you know yeah yeah they're also they're giving in a sense the tools to the athletes not all of the tools but you know some of the tools to for them to reach their potential so like it's good and well to focus on the athletes themselves but staff yeah. staff members are, are also yeah like, for sure really important like when i actually um put out the blog a coach re reached out to me and said that he actually related to the organizational stresses the most out of all of the stresses i um mentioned so uh, the fact that he's a coach and uh, the organization he works in, he feels yeah. um, they uh, put um, constraints on him to mm. put his own style on his coaching. Like they have a certain type of syllabus and yeah. it, it doesn't um, allow for much creativity uh, within mm. his uh, styles of coaching. So, yeah, for sure, uh, organizational stresses are very important to... Uh, identify because I said to the coach like I, I feed back to him and I said um, it's good that you can identify those uh, stresses and when you identify them it's good to uh, feed that back to actually your organization and um, we'll try and work a way around um, yep. coping with that stressor definitely mm. yeah it's like coaches like sports scientists physiotherapists like they're actually performers in their own right you know yeah it's it's not they're not easy jobs like 
we know 100%. I mean the players are the players are supported at all times especially in big football clubs. Like the ultimately it all falls down on the manager at the end of the day. The manager's the one who's going to get sacked. Um yep. not the players. The players yeah. might get moved on but he's still going to have a a, a career. Um but, yep. but the manager, yeah. A lot of pressure yeah. falls on them. I feel yeah, like so it's the, also yeah. It's good to um, talk about our experiences of stress and anxiety. So maybe some competitive um, stresses that you felt. Have you felt, Anna? Oh, definitely. Like, so like you said, like, I'm a striker as well. Um, Like before games, I remember, like, and and still the case now, uh, I just have a tendency to overthink things so much. I think I'm going to... Like before, back in the day, I used to look at the opposition a lot. And if I, because that was at the stage where the bigger players were the t- tended to be the ones to perform better, you know, like the yeah. big, stronger ones. So yeah. as soon as, like, when we're in, in, in the kids' category, as soon as we saw someone in the opposition that was like one head taller than us, we were like, oh my God. So that's like a massive, like, yeah. um, a stress that I felt when I was younger. Growing up, it was just more about, it was more focused on myself. So, like, whether I was going to be able to perform like the types of like symptoms uh that you mentioned so like uh like butterflies in your stomach like yeah. palm, sweaty palms like yeah i was i was i was a nervous kid. i was a nervous player that, back in the day that, that's, yeah. yeah that's interesting like because i i also felt that especially growing up i think um yeah coming up against bigger and stronger people especially as like quite a late developer like i, I was small till quite late in my like teens so mm. if i come up against like bigger defenders i felt i got better at football towards the end of my teens because i was catching up on my development mm-hmm. um but but competitive stresses i felt uh i mean cup finals i could have a, a really good good season and then i come to the cup final day and <sighs> the ability to to i play low level football so I, I can't imagine what um <laughs> elite footballers would feel like but when I play a cup final, I feel nervous. The lead up to the game, I just can't wait for the game to kick off. Like, yeah. literally, I, I, coping with it is something I struggled with. So it's the main reason why I focus on, on this area in psychology. Mm. Another one is self-doubt. So yeah. when, um, as a striker, if I go through a bad bit of form, I find it really hard to to break through that. And it happens to every striker from low level to high level. A striker will go through a period where they're not scoring goals and they experience self-doubt. And it's, it's how yeah. you come out of that. Yeah, because you, you have the responsibility to score the goals. And yeah. obviously to win games, you need to score goals. Mm. So that's a mass, like, being a striker is, is, is tough. Like, obviously other positions are equally demanding in their own right. But I feel like sh- strikers have a, a particular um, stressor. Um, yeah. But I also feel um, like uh, personal stresses c- can affect performance. I mean, it's not really affected me too much because I've often looked as, at sport as a um, release from those stresses. But you look at professional examples. I mean, people like Jesse Lingard, like i've heard uh from various sources that he's like struggled with um his home environment and that's the reason why he's been struggling so much at united over the past couple of years so it's definitely something you need to identify and and intervene with uh yeah definitely yeah. like as a sports psychologist like i've seen a few 
philosophies from sports psychologists and one of the values or ways of working is to consider an athlete as a person and as a performer so like what they mean by that is as a person being a normal guy have like he has normal relationship like relationship relationships with girlfriends uh like family relationships um and can have problems outside of of his sport so like yeah that shows that it's super important to consider the personal kind of stresses also when working with athletes because these ultimately are super influential on on athletes performances like yeah and it doesn't go well at home yeah it's, it's probably gonna gonna it's gonna you're gonna see that uh through their performance yeah, i feel like it's good that we're bringing up this point also because i feel like a lot of people on social media get on top of on top of players and like they say oh they earn this amount of money um like they, they should just crack on with their performance but it's it's just not the case like everyone experiences their own psychological battles outside of sport and it's important to like understand that they're going through things and, and get behind them ultimately um yeah for sure I th- Athletes are human. They're yeah. not. They may have like super humanistic like abilities, but at the end of the day, they're people like us. So, yeah, it's really important to to consider them as people as well as performers. Yeah. So um. So, so yeah, a, a point I brought up in the blog was that um, stress and anxiety is often historically been looked at as uh, always negative like if you experience stress and anxiety it's, it's going to be negative to performance but that's actually not the case so research has actually shown that it's dependent on how you perceive the stressor and a good quote i found was from a netball studder and they said that uh, they interviewed like young elite um netball players um hockey players sorry and uh, one of the um, participants said, the nerves and anxiety are actually positive because if I'm nervous and anxious, I become more focused. It's a way of helping that nervousness because if I'm anxious, I feel focused. And if I'm focused, the nerves are controlled. So it's important for me to feel nervous because then there's a point behind why I'm doing it. So that just shows that when people, if you interpret the stress is going to be positive to performance so it's going to increase your concentration it's going to uh, help your performance because now you're in the zone um mm. it's going to be positive towards your performance whereas if it's negative to performance and you you're going to interpret it as negative this was shown in another study by um actually a, an elite england performer stephen gerrard so mm. in the world cup in 2006 after the he missed the penalty he was quoted to say, why do I have to wait for the bloody whistle? Those extra couple of seconds seem like an eternity and they definitely put me off. So he's shown a lack of control there and he, yeah. he couldn't control the stressor, uh, which was the stressor was the penalty. And he's shown that he couldn't c- control that and he couldn't handle the pressure, especially in a World mm-hmm. Cup. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's important to identify that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've heard it a lot, a lot that people who don't feel stressed before performance they feel stressed that they're not feeling stressed if that makes sense yeah um i've heard that a lot actually um and it does make sense like it, yeah it does it, it does make sense like like you said stress is 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 positive sometimes you need it to to kind of boost you to make you f- focus on the task you need to do so yeah. for sure yeah it's interesting 
Yeah. So, um, so obviously, uh, the way you interpret it is important, but also mm-hmm. um, the way in which uh, the levels of uh, stress and anxiety you have um, is important also for different situations, whether you're uh, amateur to advanced or uh, fine skills to more gross skills, which is basically... Uh, fine skills more closed it, it requires less muscles whereas a gross yeah. skill requires more muscles and uh, it's a yeah. bigger movement yeah yeah um i noticed that like so to kind of like give an example of what you just said when i used to get when the goalie used to kick the ball up to up to me the striker if i saw the ball so high in the air the thing that would be on my mind is don't miss this touch don't miss this yeah. touch Whereas, like pro athletes, they know they're gonna yeah, have an unreal touch. They're thinking of other stuff um, at the next step. Whereas amateur athletes like us, we're so focused on getting the basics right. Whereas pros, they have the basics already because they're practicing it every single day yeah. in training. Whereas us, it's it's just <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I don't so, know if you had the same same thing. Yeah. So I mean. The the model that suggests this is the inverted U, and basically mm-hmm. um, it just says that uh, beginner athletes require lower levels of anxiety and stress, so level, lower levels of arousal, and expert performers can allow those high levels of arousal because mm-hmm. they've mastered the skills. So yes. if you're a beginner, I would suggest um, trying to lower your anxiety, lower your stress, um, because you need more concentration on the skills that um, you're performing. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, like you said, John, an expert has mastered the skills already. They can focus on the defender coming towards them. They can focus on um, where the next pass is before, whilst the ball's yeah. in the air. Mm, um, for sure. Whereas a beginner, yeah, they, they need to focus on it. Um, and also... Um, you need lower levels of arousal. So even if you're an expert performer, you require lower levels of arousal still performing closed skills. So whether you're a beginner or an expert, if you're performing a closed skill, closed skills involve free throws. They involve penalties. They involve conversions in rugby. Um, It could be even a cricket shot in uh, cricket. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like th- this is a moment where you need to lower l- your heart rate. You need to lower, like I saw a good thing on Instagram the other day um, where Steph Curry has shown that he can join a free throw. He can lower his heart rate um, like down so much to focus mm. on, on the shot. Uh, and that's the reason why he's got such a high success rate. Whereas someone who's a bit more erratic taking their, their free throw, they're more likely to miss. Yeah, what what kind of what do you think helps them do that? So yeah, you kind of as a pro athlete or as a normal athlete, you kind of have to know yourself in a sense. Yeah, to kind of combat the stress and this anxiety during performance. So what I'm saying by that is, are there any ways of dealing with stress and anxiety during performance? Would you yeah, say? so 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 there'd be similar strategies what people would adopt. Um, to lower their arousal so things like mm. um i think a really good technique is a, a relaxation technique so um that's simply to reduce anxiety so a way to do this is i was looking online when producing the the blog and yep. i found a good technique which was uh the four seven eight technique 
and it mm. it simply states that you um to do this you inhale for four seconds um and then hold that breath inside you for seven seconds and then exhale force filler for eight seconds and then repeat yep. that four times obviously mm. like during performance you may not have enough time to actually do all four reps but i mean even doing it once will lower your heart rate it will calm you down and you'll be able to focus on more task relevant thoughts rather than task irrelevant thoughts such as the crowd uh, pressure to actually make the free throw you become more present yep. in the current moment yeah yeah definitely so kind of going back to the point so we saw that there's differences in level in levels in sport so with regards to um anxiety stress arousal there are actually like different sports specific differences aren't they so yeah. for example when you're taking a penalty you're going to feel more anxious stressed as opposed to another skill you have to perform in that sport so those types of um techniques that you've just mentioned so the red action technique is actually quite useful and can actually be used in performance because that we're going to come on to it in a minute there are various other strategies you can use pre-performance and after performance yeah. the one you mentioned was it's quite a good um quite a good strategy to use during performance yeah for example yeah especially to reduce anxiety um mm. a, a way to reduce stress or reduce the negative connotations you tie to stress um a way to like look at it more positively like i said to try and interpret as facilitated to performances positive self-talk so that positive self-talk simply just um referring to what people say to themselves during performance and whether the reactions that you do towards certain situations are they positive or are they negative so mm. maybe before a game so like we were saying at the start uh, we were talking about coming up against taller bigger opposition when we were kids mm -hmm. um we would often look at that and think wow i've got no chance today <laughs> yeah but if we're to use positive self-talk and look at that stress as positive we're gonna think right i'm actually gonna i'm, I'm gonna prove myself wrong here i think I, I feel like i've got the ability to to um actually use my speed use my advantages use my uh myself to my strengths and um perform better yeah. um whereas um da -da -da. <laughs> sorry oh i was just gonna ask if i had to use positive self-talk for example what what would you suggest kind of is the best way to do it would you like let's say if i'm playing i'm a footballer in the team would you recommend me going like a couple of minutes like isolate myself from from the team a bit and just spend like a minute yeah two minutes just i mean during game that'd be difficult because yeah. you haven't got the time to just go away but i feel no. like when you react to certain situations so the example i just gave was pre-game but during game yeah. say if you miss a shot or you miss a penalty i mean i've found it difficult to bounce back from a penalty but mm. a way to bounce back could be positive self-taught so you say to yourself yeah i may have missed that but I'm going to come back from that and I'm going to actually uh, make up for my mistakes. Yep. And rather than just saying, oh, I mean, nothing's going for me right now. I'm just going to have a bad game. Just, just sub me off, uh, manager. Um, yep. Another one is post-game. Yep. Post so mm. uh, post-game would be, oh, I had a, I had a bad performance. Um, I, I'm just rubbish at the sport. Like Maybe this isn't for me. But a way to do positive self-talk is, is to say, 
maybe um yeah i did have a bad performance but, but where did i go wrong how am i going to learn from this um and what am i going to do next time to actually uh better my performance and, and not have such a bad performance like i did today yeah it sounds a bit cliche doesn't it yeah. saying those kinds of things but it actually does work and research has actually shown that yeah. it is a useful technique and we all know like we said in episode one um kind of expressing your emotions expressing your thoughts expressing your frustrations is actually quite useful and doing that during games like you see it, I, I think i see it a lot on tv you know and i can hear it a lot because you know there's no no more crowds in stadiums yeah, yeah. You, hear, you hear players more and you hear them like literally talk to themselves like if they miss a cross if they miss a pass whatever yeah. so i think it, it's something it, it's definitely a, a really useful technique and i think performers should get um comfortable with the idea of using this technique um yeah because it and, and, to, and to move on to the next stage of uh, of the like of whatever needs to be done during performance yeah um rather than dwelling on, on what's just happened like exactly i feel like yeah from from listening to um like the crowd without the crowd being there although it's been like yeah. oh like it's not it's not been the best thing <laughs> it, it's been good to yeah. actually get an insight on what what they say to each other and mm. When they do miss a shot, they do sound frustrated, but but you hear them say things like "come on," and then they'll refer to themselves in like third person, it, it, yes, and they'll do. go after it again and again and again, and that's what's key. I mean, a lot of elite performers will look at failure as a positive because they're going to learn from it and, and get better, and that's the only way you can get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being it's, it sounds really strange, doesn't it? For someone who, who's never heard of the technique, talking to yourself. Like it's it's just the weird, isn't it? But yeah. it, it's actually quite useful. I personally don't use it enough. Um, like I'm, I'm. Anyways, I'm that person that's good at giving advice, but never applying it to myself. But um, I don't know if you've used any of uh, if you've used self talk in your performance. I mean, yeah, I, I try to, especially my dad would install this on me quite a lot. He'd tell me like. So I'd have positive self-talk from my dad on the sidelines because he's always been my manager growing up. But, <laughs> but also, like, I, I try to do it myself also. So I, I do get on top of myself uh, when, when having a bad run of form. But, yeah, yeah. I, I say things to myself like, so, it's going to be so weird saying this, but I'll say things like, right, three, two, <laughs> I'll count down to myself and I'll say three, two, one, right, from now, I'm not going to think about the past. I'm just going to focus on now and, and do the best I can now. Mm. Um, and that was a way of sort of moving past what I've just done bad and, and trying to look at things more positively. Yeah. Um, the, I think there's one other uh, strategy that you did mention in your blog, which was uh, mental imagery, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so this is a really good um, strategy used by so many elite performers mm. that you, you wouldn't even realize used it. It's a way of um, so using a combination of different senses, so all your senses really, to, to visualize what's going to happen in your sport what what scenarios are you going to get into during the game yep. um yeah and people like ronaldinho uh, so i've got a, in my blog i i mean ronaldinho was my inspiration growing up like he was the probably my favorite player of all time excluding runa <laughs> <laughs> yeah <cool. laughs> um he always played with a smile on his face and he used um before the 2006 world cup he was interviewed and he said um, he used his imager and he said, when I construct those plays in my mind, I take into account whether one teammate likes to receive the ball at his feet or ahead of him, if he is good with his head and how he prefers to head the ball, if he is stronger mm. on his right foot or left foot. That is my job. That is what I do. 
I imagine the game. Yeah. So that's yeah, that massive. Yeah. It is. It is and it's quite interesting mental imagery. It's it's more powerful than what people think. Um, because research has actually found that performing mental imagery of a skill. So let's say I'm like I'm mentally imaging like me taking a penalty. The actual muscles that are going to be used actually activate um not as not as uh like power like not as powerful as like actually conducting the movement but yeah. quite sim similar so it's actually getting your body used to to conducting the movement which yeah. is actually crazy if you think about it, it is. and a way to tie this into like stress and anxiety is it gives you a sense of control over the exactly. situation so so mm. so you've seen the the what's going to happen before it's even happened because you've you've gone through it in your mind like several times so you don't feel as stressed about the situation like like i keep going back to this example of how we felt stressed against bigger and bigger opposition yep. i've already imaged in my head how i'm going to work my strengths to my ability during the game so how can I, I I'm obviously going to try and stay away from them so they can't pin me uh, just just things like that yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah like you you imagining that you're you're not going to get pinned but you're going to pin him yeah like for sure it, it, pro, it, it, it can help literally it can it can it can help loads um and you can use mental imagery in, in of like so many different areas of performance so, mm. episodes when we come on to injury injuries like it's Mental imagery is quite is quite useful for that also, but uh, but definitely a huge, huge, huge strategy for for coping with stress and, and anxiety in sport. And if you're interested in trying to um, actually adopt it on the blog on our website, I've actually put a, a acronym. It's called the Petlet model, and it just goes through like a checklist of how to adopt it um, uh, perfectly, so you get the ultimate like the the most benefits mm -hmm. out of imagery. Yeah, so researchers have actually developed like a step by step. Um, I don't know, I'm not sure, correct me on this. It's not, um, you don't have to do it in sequence, it's just like yeah. uh, boxes you need to tick off. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, like it's not like to, one, two, three, four, it's yeah, like yeah. tick, tick, it's not tick. in a sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like boxes you need to tick to, to kind of uh, like imagine the movement or, or your performance as, as best as possible, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 I like mental imagery. Like, it is. I think I think I kind of use it subconsciously. Like, also, yeah. Um, but the I, more consciously you do, it, I think the more the better. Obviously, I mean, I I don't think like like you said um, that you often give out uh, feedback, but you don't use it yourself. Yeah, I I haven't. I've never really used imagery um before a game but during the game i'll often like look back at the keeper from, from the halfway line like when, when our team's um defending and mm. i think to myself right when i get the ball what what am i going to do like I, that's how i'll use imagery but obviously the pet letter model will uh maximize the benefits um especially using it prior to a game so it's definitely something when lockdown's over i'll use to um help my performance for sure yeah, and and I would encourage like anyone listening to this, any athlete, regardless of what level you're competing at, imagery is like it's 
it's been it's been shown to to enhance performance in in loads of sports and in loads of studies. So I would I would recommend using it. And if you want more information, obviously, like Oli said, just head to his, to our website and uh, and read his blog. Yeah. Um, so I also uh, wanted to just briefly touch on um, pre-performance routines. So I actually uh, done my dissertation on this and um, on my undergrad, and I mm. spoke about. Um, an extensive PPR so I use things like self-talk I use things like imagery and I use things like relaxation prior to a penalty kick I used it all in a routine and it's shown that it actually um, reduced anxiety and it also enhanced performance so I've seen the benefits myself I've done it with Coventry University football team um and so that even shows at that level it works and it also works at elite levels in in studies that have been conducted so what you mean by that is combining let's say the three that we've mentioned so we've mentioned self-talk imagery and relaxation so would you combine those three and uh use them before performance which is called a a pre-performance routine isn't it yeah is that what you're yeah 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 if you if you can combine the three and use it in a routine which can be prior to um drawing or even post um yep. it will ultimately um help your performance loads it will reduce your stress and anxiety um and and yeah you should see much uh, bigger improvements yep. in, in your performance so for those who, who don't really know what a pre-performance routine is also it can like a good example i think the best example is to use johnny wilkinson isn't it yeah because he had a a really strange pre-performance routine um it was like holding his hands uh and kind of like like ducking a bit and just and i think probably he was probably visualizing using mental imagery of where he was gonna kick the uh the rugby ball isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. um so and if you haven't seen that i would recommend going on youtube and uh I'm looking. It's really, really interesting, and he does it every time. He used to do it every yeah. time. In the more consistent your routine is, and and also the the timing. So it's called temporal discounting, but um, basically it just means the duration of your routine. So if you can get that routine down to a consistent time frame, and and, and take your time doing that, and, and don't let anyone rush you, not the referee or anything, then it will maximise your the performance levels and, and reduce your stress and anxiety because it's showing that you have control over that situation mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting i think ronaldo also when he used to take his three kicks like he'd yeah, obviously like, do he does he does back. the exact same thing every single yeah, time yeah, yeah. I, yeah i've recently started getting into the nba and yeah. if, if you watch i mean they get so many free throws a game if you watch mm-hmm. every single player they'll do the same routine every single time um because that consistency of doing the same thing every single time you don't have to think about the steps as much you and you're not thinking about the task irrelevant stuff like the crowd, the the need yeah. to um, make the shot. You're just thinking yeah. about the, the the small steps um, that if you do those steps, you're more likely to make the shot. Yeah, and it's kind of comforting as well. So doing something you're familiar with um, that you've already done before, it, it just relaxes you, doesn't it? It makes yeah. you knowing something familiar, something you know you have control over. Yeah. So this pre-performance routine, it, it massively helps. Massively. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is completely different to pre-performance routines, but I mean, you could vouch for this as well. When, when I'm revising for an exam, it's nothing to do with sport, but <laughs> I have a routine that I have to go through. And if I don't do that routine, 
then I feel like I'm, I'm going to have a bad performance in the exam. So I have to do mm. e- every single thing possible. So go back mm. through all the lectures, go back through all the recommended reading. If I don't yeah. do that, I'm going into the exam with negative train of thought rather than a positive train of thought. Mm. Yeah, it can definitely be applied to any area of life, it, yeah. really. Um, but yeah, exams is a, is a huge one. And um, yeah. So I think we should just uh, say what, what are the key things to take away uh, from, from this. So yeah. I feel like a key message is that pos- um, anxiety and stress shouldn't always be looked at as negative. Um, I think uh, having a positive outlook on it will, will help you control that stress and anxiety. And mm. ultimately, it can help your performance. So don't always look at it from a negative light. Uh, secondly, yeah. um, if you're a beginner, um, just getting into sport, I, I would suggest trying to lower your um, arousal levels, your anxiety levels. So a way to do that is the relaxation technique. Um, I would also suggest if you're an elite performer or a um, beginner, using uh, lower levels of arousal uh, for finer skills like penalties, like free throws, lowering that arousal, using those relaxation techniques for those scenarios um, would be beneficial. Um, and if you're doing more uh, growth skills, so like changing direction, trying to beat a couple of defenders, or you're playing rugby, um, and you've got to make a big tackle, I would suggest high levels of arousal. Um, yeah. And if you're an elite performer, you can allow those high levels of arousal to, to increase up to a certain extent. Yep. And I guess also an important message, like don't feel as if, stress and anxiety is is not normal like it's it's obviously normal when before performance that you're going to feel stress and, and anxiety we're this that's how it is we're human like yeah you obviously care about the outcome of the performance and and the results so don't feel as if it's like don't see it as a negative thing i wouldn't i wouldn't bank like put everything and be like oh stress stress and anxiety is just horrible like yeah is it was it is also useful and there's research that shows that and what we've talked about today kind of don't like, yeah don't think it's yeah. just an anxiety it's like uh um it's because of your like perceived lack of ability because it's not mm-hmm. that i mean the elite of elite feel stress like yeah. steven gerrard one of the best midfielders ever to play um feel, felt the stress and anxiety of taking a, a simple penalty kick um it, but it's just not simple. Like you're in like the pressure of the moment. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's a way of controlling that, how to control that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, an, it's, an, it's, it's just a part of performance, but don't worry. There are tools that we've talked about today and, and some others to face yeah. stress and anxiety in sport. So, um, so yeah, it's, it is a, it's a, it is a difficult topic to talk about verbally. Um, definitely like it gets more complicated but we've 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 kind of tried to to explain it in a way that's not boring and um a way for them to understand it yeah exactly for sure but but yeah if you do if you do need more clarity and uh, you want to read more about it i'd suggest just going on the website and uh and read the the blog that ollie ollie wrote it's uh, it's a really good one um He's received so, like so many, so many good feedback on it from from various people uh, in sport, at very from various levels. So, um, so yeah, I'd definitely. 
yeah, suggest you guys to, to check out for sure. Yeah, and if you have any questions, uh, just drop it in the comment section on our um, our blog, and um, we'll uh, get back to you and uh, answer any questions you have about the the podcast or the blog. For sure, and if you do, if you can't, if you don't want to do it on the blog, just DM us on any of our socials or yeah. even in the comments uh, on, on the YouTube video. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I th- yeah, I think uh, I think it was a it was a good one here. Yeah. It, it was difficult to uh, articulate like uh, certain certain areas, but um, I felt like we got through it. And uh, yep. yeah, it, it should definitely have some uh, impact on athletes and coaches, even day-to-day people and in coping with stress and anxiety. Hopefully they yep. could take something away from it. Yeah. So thank you for, for watching this video. Uh, don't forget to like, uh, comment, whatever you what you guys think. Uh, in the comments and share and most importantly subscribe subscribe <laughs> to the channel yep um so yeah we'll see you in the next one perfect see you later bye bye